How long did it take for the guy to come? <laughs> Gabagool, over here. Hello and welcome to Gabagool and Roses, the only and best leftist Sopranos podcast. I'm John. I've seen The Sopranos a bunch of times. I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts who have never seen The Sopranos before. Uh, we take every episode, uh, episode. We take every episode, episode by episode, um, and we talk about it from a leftist perspective. I'll let my co-hosts introduce themselves. Hey, what up? I'm Ben. Good to see you. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Rachel, uh, and I can't see you, but I I'm glad that uh, my dulcet tones are flowing into your ear holes right now. Yeah, I can see you. I can definitely see you. You can, but the listener can't, and that's who we're introducing ourselves to. I'm talking to the listener. Oh, you're talking to the listener. You can see mm-hmm. the listener right now? Yeah. Okay. The listener is you. And listener, mm-hmm. if that doesn't make you scared, then I don't know what to tell you. Look, just be aware of what is bugged around you. <laughs> oh, everything. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> what's up fbi yeah baby so all right uh, so. shout out to the fbi agent who has to listen to all of our episodes have yeah. y'all this might be off on a tangent but have y'all seen mcmillions yet no no yet. i don't know what that is it's the it's the docuseries on hbo shout out hbo um that's hbo uh about the mcdonald's uh monopoly scandal oh yeah okay yeah, yeah. i've heard of it Anyway, the FBI agent in that fucking show is a fucking idiot. <laughs> so you should watch it. So they probably reassigned him to us. No. So yeah, right. I hope to God. <laughs> What's up, you dumb fuck? You stupid piece of shit. Yeah. So what, uh, what are we doing today? Anyway, hey, what's up? Uh, we are uh, doing the season finale uh, for the first season of The Sopranos, episode 13. I dream of Jeannie Cusimano. What the fuck uh, and we're does that going mean? Yeah. To talk about it. Well, we you know, I dream of Jeannie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is I dream of Jeannie Cusimano, who's Tony's next door neighbor. Mm-hmm. Who, who doesn't he has appear? Sex dream about. Oh, he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not in it's... the. He describes it in the episode. Right. Briefly to Melfi. Oh. And, and yeah. I'm I'm looking forward, John, to you explaining why. That is so important. Yeah. Such as to warrant the title of this uh, oh. really good episode. <laughs> sure. Uh, I can get it. I don't know that I do either, other than it's, I guess, some semi clever wordplay. Okay. So, all right. Uh, but we are, we are coming at you from the aftertime uh, from our mm-hmm. quarantine bunker. Um, and uh, we hope that you're all staying safe out yeah, there and washing a, your hands. Can we do a quick check-in? How are we all faring? I'm doing all right. I've been very bored. I work from home normally anyway, so it hasn't been a huge change for me other than, like, having to mask up to go to the grocery store. Uh, an old guy told me yesterday that I look like I was going to rob the place because all I have is my black block bandana. <laughs> that I put on to go to the grocery. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, I was just like, no, just trying to stay healthy. Yeah, um, I'm, but I'm, I need more black block stuff so that 
Wait, we can't do black block anymore because we had to do our uh, no. six feet apart. Mm-hmm. Ah, fuck. Yeah, no, I'm good. Although, tomorrow in Winston, there is a car demonstration uh, outside of the jail uh, in city council where we are doing a protest in our cars uh, and just honking. <laughs> it should be fun. That's kind of <laughs> Just cool. like parking outside of city council and honking. Yeah, uh, shouts out to Housing Justice. Is that what has, housing, housing Justice, justice for now? now. Or for yeah, now. now. Housing Justice Now. It's not Housing Justice for now. Um, I think yeah. the Twitter is like Housing Justice, the number four now. Maybe. Well, shout outs to them and shout outs to Dan Rose, who is part of that org wow. and helped me with one of my big grad school projects for the brief semester I was there and is just generally rad. Shout out. Shout out. Um, so, uh, so I'm sorry. <laughs> no, wait. no, we're checking in, Ben. How, how are I'm you? Going. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. I'm, I'm okay. I don't, honestly, I don't want to talk about it. That's how I'm doing. Okay, we um, don't have to. <laughs> how are you doing? Rachel, how are you doing? Uh, y'all, I'm on the come up. Um, I had a really dark past week and a half. Um, a lot of things happened. Was in a car chase. Uh, was uh, harassed online. Uh, what? Just a lot of things going on. But I am feeling great. I cut my hair because um, I was in crisis. Thank you. And uh, I put my painting stuff in my room so I can start painting again. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, we're getting through. We're getting through. And listener, um, we hope you are also getting through um, because it's hard out there. Mm-hmm. If you uh, if you are very bored, you may DM us uh, on Twitter. We I will actually DM you back. I'll yeah, totally DM, DM back. No, I'll talk to okay. you. Okay, yeah, DM one uh, of us. I'll talk to you too. What I mean, <laughs> what the fuck else are we doing? I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. 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 Life's good, man. We'll be all right. I hope. Yeah. Today is a today was a good day, as the man says. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So. All right. Uh, so. Uh, yeah. Let's talk season one, uh, episode. I hear the dog barking. Sorry. Season one, episode thirteen of The Sopranos, which is called "I Dream of Jeannie Cusimano." Um. Where do we want to start? <laughs> I don't know. I have. Well, <clears throat> d- the episode starts with. Uh, Jimmy Altieri. Is that it right? does. Yeah. Let, well, yeah. We'll start at the beginning and we'll find our footing maybe. Well, I, I think Jimmy is a good place to start because that storyline plays out pretty quick. Yes. Uh, so J- Jimmy Altieri is going to go see some uh, quote unquote Russian boo-boos. Uh, he's, he's into it. He likes big tits and little, little feet. feet. Wrote that down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me too. First, first note I made. A hit in any man's league. Yeah, right. Uh, what an expression. Um, so uh, Christopher's going to take him to see some some Russian boo-boos. Uh, he's mad because he sort of got him out. Uh, uh, Jimmy's sort of uh, – he's, he's kind of having a little AJ Soprano moment like in the last episode where he's very nervous about his date with what, what I can only assume are sex workers. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But he didn't get to put anything nice on, he says – 
uh, and Christopher chides him for wearing too much cologne. Um, but he takes him into the, the room, and uh, while he's sitting there waiting, uh, is it Polly and Syl come in the back? It's just Syl. It's just Syl. Uh, Syl comes in the back door and slam, blam, <laughs> Jimmy's dead. Mm-hmm. Very, yeah, that was uh, quick. Yeah, it was very quick, uh, and it's a very, uh, very cool scene, I think. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think of Jimmy getting whacked? Because I think Jimmy is a snitch. It was a good callback to Goodfellas, where uh, where Joe Pesci's character was thinking he was going to be a made oh, man. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. they tricked him mm-hmm. into going to a room, and, and they just assassinated him. So yeah. I, I was like, that's cool. Yeah. I don't know. It happened so quickly. Like, we didn't... <clears throat> I don't know. It wasn't like, remember, I mean, when, when Tony thought he might have to kill pussy, it was like dread and sadness and like anxiety. And it was a whole episode. And this was just like, everyone was like, all right, we got to kill Jimmy. Like, peace out. We're done. Yeah. It, I don't know. It just happened so quickly. Um, but there was a lot of action in this episode. So they, I guess it makes sense that they had to just do it. Mm-hmm. Rip the bandaid off. Yeah, I guess like there is a there is a continuity issue in my head now that I think about it. Like from the last episode where Tony had slammed his truck into a into a car, he's had there's had to have been enough time for him to get his car repaired for him to convince Junior that Jimmy is the rat, uh, and for them to set up that meeting at the beginning of the episode for Junior to confirm and approve the hit. So um, yeah, I don't know how how long after this episode how long after uh isabella this episode takes place yeah i don't know sure sure so it's uh, done so yeah so jimmy jimmy gets whacked for mm-hmm. being a fucking rat mm-hmm. um and then so next we cut to the soprano household where your girl is getting it oh yeah this dominican ass um, yeah, Meadow and her Dominican boyfriend are making out on the couch. And Meadow... And the show goes out of its way to have him make sure to mention that he's Dominican. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Good for uh, him. And AJ... <laughs> uh, uh, AJ is uh, furiously masturbating, um, which is shot in an interesting way of just, like, his feet and, like, the end of his bed wiggling... <laughs> yeah it was like a rhythmic it didn't i i've never imagined that masturbation could produce that sound i have never jacked off that hard straight up uh yeah (laughs) i I don't know what he's i don't know what that kid is doing but uh, i don't know if he's doing it right yeah, he is shaking the whole bed. <laughs> He's shaking the whole bed. <laughs> Sounds like my upstairs neighbor. Not necessary. Do you do do we think that he's listening to Meadow make out with their oh, boyfriend? Oh no, 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 okay. no. Stop. No. No. So the reason why he gets out of bed is because his grandma, uh Livia, Livia uh is wandering around the house calling to her <laughs> dead relatives. Uh <laughs> You know, furthering her uh, 
her act of being uh, of suffering from dementia or whatever. Uh, you know, the cop comes in the door after Meadow receives her grandmother, just helps him, like walks through the door, right? Right. right? Nobody. Mm. And uh, and this is the only good scene that Livia has in the whole damn episode. But she tells the pig to shut up. Yeah, that was good. I wrote, I wrote down, Livia tells Cop to shut up. Best thing she's ever done. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I stand our queen, Livia, uh, for that yeah. only. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sh- yeah, she's confused. She thinks Meadow is like her, her sister, maybe, or something. Somebody, mm-hmm. Some relative she's had a feud with. Um, she calls her, um, oh, I can't remember what it is. I looked it up. It's like an ugly face. Uh, in Italian. She keeps calling her an ugly face. Damn. Uh, yeah, harsh. Uh, which is not fair. Meadow is a very pretty girl. Mm-hmm. Um, this is cr- like this is wild. Um, she has broken out of the of Green Grove and walked all the way to into the suburbs. I mean, we don't know, I guess, how far it is, but it, I just the idea of like Olivia like walking down the interstate like. Ah, yeah, ugly brutal brutal fashion is what <laughs> she keeps saying. Brutal fashion, something yeah, like so that. It, it's uh, got to be. It's got to be close enough for AJ to ride his bike to visit his grandma. True, but um, Ben, I, I you're the king of continuity, my friend. You I'm really tell- are. I'm telling you, yeah, you got to pay attention to this, or they'll pull a fast one on you. So, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's not like it's up the up the street. I mean, this is a suburban you know, household that the Sopranos have. And, you know, one of the, one of the defining aspects of suburban life is having to drive your fucking SUV everywhere. Congratulations to me in 2020 uh, pointing out this <laughs> obvious thing. That we oh, all right. know. But, um, uh, cars suck. I hate cars. And uh, cars. Destroy cars. Um, so, so anyway, yeah, so uh, we've got a report of the mom wandering. Um, and so I, I think that leads to her being put in the nursing unit. Is that right? Yeah. That's correct. Um, Which is what she always, uh, Tony is talking about it with Melfi is what we see next. Um, and oh. he's talking about that's that's what she always, uh, mm-hmm. that was her oh. worst fear. Right. Okay. So this is, this is immediately or not immediately, but as soon as possible for Tony to get a meeting with Melfi, because apparently this is the first face-to-face interaction they had since Tony called her and said, um, you know, Isabella doesn't exist. Right. Well, and then, yeah. so so, there's and your then Melfi, Melfi pulls another, uh, this is not professional or appropriate uh, move and diagnoses Livia. Um, you, you mm-hmm. therapists won't do that in real life. They won't. I know because I've tried to get mine to diagnose my mother, <laughs> and she won't do it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so I I thought that was interesting that she suggests mm-hmm. that Livia has what what was it borderline personality disorder? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean sounds right, but uh, Tony takes offense to that. Oh, Tony does not take it well at all. <laughs> uh-huh. 
and uh, he respectfully, politely disagrees. <laughs> and, uh, what breaks a glass table yeah. and uh, threatens Melfi, yeah. and Melfi's freaked out. Yeah. That's what she should be. Like, yeah. he is, yeah. He has gone full psycho. Right. Yeah, that was fucking scary. Like, yeah. <laughs> like oh, God. Here's a man oh. I know has killed people, uh, and he's, like, threatening physical violence upon me. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, he's a big dude. Like, he's this he's giant, huge. hulking sociopath. A fucking golem. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A monster. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Rachel mentioned this. Uh, the Goldwater Rule uh, famously limits psychiatrists from um, offering diagnoses of patients that they haven't examined in person. Um, it's named after 1964 presidential candidate Barry Goldwater, um, who was like the proto-Republican of like the neocons that we're stuck with now or like, I guess the pre-Trumpian neocons, like the Bushes, um, where uh, like a thousand plus psychiatrists came out and said that like, he's psychologically unfit to be president, he's a psycho um, or whatever. And they, the APA, the American Psychiatric Association changed its rules so that you can't do that. Uh, so you are, you, yeah, Melfi is, is breaking the Goldwater rule. Mm-hmm. So shout out to the APA for that very good rule. That's mm-hmm. super helpful. Yes. I haven't actually, I don't actually know if it's helpful. Will somebody it, tell me if I'm right? I think it is helpful because as much as that guy might have sucked, I don't remember. Uh, but right. it sounds he like did he suck, sucked. but. Um, uh, I think for like the, the purposes of normalizing mental illness but also like I'd like having greater public understanding of it I think it was a good rule because you don't like it, you don't want to run around and be like that like we don't like to see the things that are like Trump is a bad president because he is an insert mental illness there like that just hmm. hurts people who do have mental illnesses and it doesn't matter what fucking mental illness he may have because he's bad for other reasons. Right. No, I mean, that's definitely right. And it's definitely for the protection of the public. Like, if you haven't sat down and talked with somebody, you really have no place like playing armchair psychiatrist, especially if you are a psychiatrist or psychologist. Yeah. Um, so. Now I can do it. I'm yeah, allowed right. to do it. Mm-hmm. We can do it. Do we'll it do it all, all day, day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I, I guess yeah. we go to lunch next. Is that what happens? Yeah, that's that's next chronologically. Uh, Artie's got a new restaurant. Yay! Yeah. All right, um, good job, Artie. The new Vesuvio, and uh, is that um, what it's called? What's it? His restaurant's called Vesuvio, and this is the this yeah, is the this new, new one. Vesuvio. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Carmela is there eating lunch with uh, oh, what's her name? April. Rose. Rose. Oh, Rosalie April. Rosalie. Rosalie. Yeah. Rosalie April, Jackie's uh, widow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Father Phil shows up, 
He's got the goatee. The goatee is back. Yeah, it was like gone last episode. I noted that. That's his horny goatee. It's a fuckboy goatee. I hate Come it. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's uh, so much good Father Phil stuff in this episode. Mm-hmm. There's we'll a to lot it. of Father Phil stuff for sure. Maybe we can... Um, he gets fucking owned in this episode. Oh, it's... Oh, I, I can't wait. Okay. Uh, okay. 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 We'll get to it. <laughs> I think um, this is good because so, I think that the the uh, Artie and Livia storylines converge, so we can talk about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, Father Phil is wearing Jackie's watch, like a big chunky, I don't know, Rolex or something. Well, um, let's be honest, none of the jewelry in this show is not chunky. It's not subtle, yeah. Uh, for sure. It's definitely a stolen Rolex, too. <laughs> this fucking priest is wearing a stolen Rolex. For sure. It almost certainly is, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's funny. So uh, anyway, they're sitting there hanging out, having, or I guess, um, uh, hold on, I guess it's uh, Carmela and uh, Rosalie. They're sitting there Rosalie. having lunch together by themselves. They're just, you know, Carmela's sort of coping with the... Uh, the threats or whatever, and Rosalie's providing, I guess, comfort. I don't know. And then they spot their mutual acquaintance, uh, Father Phil. It turns it turns out that Rosalie is uh, in the same parish as Carmela, if you know what I mean. Uh, and um, <clears throat> do you know what I mean? It's a you don't know what I mean. Yeah, no, I think we do. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> You want to explain okay. it? Did you hear what I said? I said they are in the same parish. <laughs> Thanks, Polly. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, you know, Carmela notices that it's it's Jackie's watch, which I think might be a little ridiculous. I think mm-hmm. she, that she could tell that this guy's wearing somebody's watch. Well, I think it, it certainly is going to stand out that a priest is wearing a Rolex. Uh, it is an extra leap from there to say, is that Jackie's watch? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is for a, for a priest who's supposed to take a vow of uh, modesty or whatever. Um, uh, aestheticism. Bling um, right. <laughs> to, to go around where... <laughs> Yeah, flashing a Rolex. Uh, and just his day-to-day watch. You love that. He's just going around running errands. Not a special occasion. He's just yeah. like, fuck yeah. Rolex eat, time, baby. Gonna eat lunch by myself with my big Rolex. <laughs> gonna spend an hour trimming up the shitty goatee and then put my <laughs> Rolex on. Oh, it's awful. Um, so Yeah, so go ahead, Ben. Yeah, so I guess uh, Rosalie uh, comments that you know he gave it to or she gave it to him, uh, and uh, you know, she sort of wells up, and uh, and Father Phil reaches his hand out and and holds Rosalie's, and Carmela gives it a little mm-hmm. side eye. It's like, oh, what the fuck is this? Jealous. Mm-hmm. Jealous. So, um, meanwhile, Artie's in the back, uh, and he's uh, he's sort of like, what the hell, uh, Charmaine? You know, your pal is out at table table twelve. Uh, go hang out with her, and, and she demurs and kills mm-hmm. a bug. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was another interesting 
you know, interesting thing that popped up twice or three times with Artie's restaurant was the presence of unwanted bugs. Ooh, um, interesting, Ben. And, you know, she references the, uh, the Portuguese exterminator later on. Uh, but, <laughs> right. But, our, you know, uh, Carmela ends up with a bug in her salad and uh, Charmaine kills a bug and the Portuguese exterminator. Anyway, so that's important in the Tony uh, storyline, I think. Um, Tony's dealing with some bugs of his own. He is. Uh, but do you want to do you want to keep plugging along with the with the restaurant? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so next, uh, Artie goes to see. The, we'll go with the Artie storyline then. Yeah. So uh, so Artie, word's gotten back to Artie that um, that Livia has uh, dementia or, or Alzheimer's, and you know he he gives his best to uh, Carmela. And the next we see him visiting uh, Livia in the hospital, which is a really sweet thing to do, you know. It is very um, yeah. And he, he he's a good her. person. Like Artie is a good person. He's he pure, and I love him. Yeah. So he he brings Livia uh, a nice pasta dish with the duck ragu. Uh, and but it's northern. But turns her nose up at it because she's a southern Italian girl. Uh huh. Yeah, so that's stupid because it's my understanding that the northern Italians turn their nose up to the southern Italians. Right, it's, yeah. Similar to the way some people in this country do. Uh, Right. There's a a north-south thing going on in in Italy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very cool, very cool. And and that's when uh, Livia confirms our, all of Artie's worst fears. Uh, She's like, which is, I felt so conflicted about this. Okay, go ahead. So so Speak Livia, Livia, thank you. Uh, Livia tells like rats Tony out to Artie, and is like, "Hey, Tony fucked up your whole shit," and. <laughs> Yeah, that's what she said. Yeah, she said that. Um, but, a, like, a part of me was like, okay, now, truthfully, what Tony did was wrong and bad. But also, I don't know, Livia, like, you maybe could have kept that to yourself because that was shitty of you. I don't Her know. motives were not pure at oh, all. Oh, for sure not. Yeah, like they're completely self-serving, which yeah. I think undercuts any good that she may be doing. But at um, this, well, at the same time, and like maybe it would be good for Artie to know who the fuck he's dealing with. Like, does sure. Artie deserve to know the truth? That's what we're getting to here. Does and, Artie deserve to know the truth? And Artie deals with the truth. About as poorly as you possibly could deal with it. <laughs> by rolling up He's on heartbroken. Tony. He's well, ro- Hold on. I just want to talk about the look on his face when she tells him. The, the mm-hmm. actor who plays him is so good. Like, his face just falls. Yeah. Like, it's, everything is in his face in that moment. Yeah. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he is just, he's heartbroken and crestfallen. It's great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm sorry, Ben. Then, uh, then, then he decides to go. Uh, I guess as psycho as Artie can go. <laughs> yeah, he gets uh, his which is... his awesome hunting rifle and he shows <laughs> up in the parking lot of somewhere. Maybe a 
Where the fuck is uh, it's, it's? I think it's the back of the pork store. Yeah, I saw the sign. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it's the parking lot of the pork store, yeah. Which is an even more insane place for him to... Right. I, I didn't realize that. Okay, so he just shows up on Tony's turf, gun faces mm-hmm. him, and it's like... <laughs> yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, okay. Wow. Which already, I guess, has that hunting rifle... But I don't know how good he is at using well, it because he's not shouldering it very well. I was gonna say when he when he pulled up and I saw he was getting something out, I thought it was gonna be a baseball bat. And in my mind, when I replayed <laughs> the scene, it is a baseball bat because <laughs> that's the the same energy. Right. Oh my god. I'm like, are, what are you gonna do, Artie? Hit him with it? Like I don't. <laughs> right. And Artie, Artie says to Tony exactly what i said on the podcast uh in episode two when we talked about the first episode is what a fucking moron you are if this is your solution to stopping a hit is to burn my fucking restaurant down and tony goes am i do you really think i'm that stupid which well (laughs) yeah this was a part like it wasn't plan a but it also wasn't the last resort either (laughs) Right. Um, this was a part that gave me a little bit of brain poisoning because I don't know that Livia is going to spill the whole plan as like the junior wanted to kill somebody and that's, and he was going to kill him in your restaurant. And so Tony had the restaurant burned down to prevent you from losing business and to try to help you. I don't see all of that playing out in that conversation. Um, so I did buck a little bit at, at like him knowing like you did it to help me, you fucking psycho or whatever. I mean, um, but. that's the only explanation for why he would actually gun face her. Because, you know, he walks into the thing, he understands she's got an Alzheimer's uh, diagnosis or something, or suspicion of diagnosis. Uh, and, you know, she she thinks that he played baseball with her Johnny. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the rambling. Like, what we see is the ramblings of a maniac. Um, and so, I, I mean, for him to be compelled to you know, grab a gun and ride to Tony's place yeah. to kill him. There's no way for him to, uh, I, I can't imagine having understood how mobbed up Tony was that he would think it was a good idea unless he was 100% sure of all of that stuff, that whole plot. I think he knows what a bad idea it is. And that's why when he chickens out at the end, he freaks out so hard and, and busts this rear tail light out and breaks the gun because, like, in his mind, he's like, well, I just signed my own death warrant, and I didn't even do what I came here to. Like, I chickened out at the end, and I didn't even get my revenge, and I'm just going to – now I'm just going to get fucking murdered. So, great. Good job. Um, so, yeah. So, then uh, – hmm. yeah, go ahead, Rachel. I, I don't know. I read it a little differently because I, I think that he is just, like, disappointed because his friend betrayed him. Like – I think that's why he went there with a gun in the first place. Like he wasn't, he wasn't thinking of Tony, the mob boss. He was thinking of Tony, his fucking friend. And like, he he may have been scared, but I don't know. I thought this was like a really good, uh, this was like kind of a sweet moment or sweet episode because there's a lot of that innocence of Tony and Artie's relationship is, is involved and like kind of the, the ruining of that innocence. I don't know. But I, I still, I like to believe that they're just like BFFs, you know? 
Like, I'd pull a gun on my friend if they did some shit like that. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. My best yeah. friend, I don't know. I might do it. Yeah, I mean, all I'm saying is there's no way that that I'm leaving. Like, if that if all the conversation was was shown in that episode between Livia and, and Artie, like, I, that should not make Artie grab a gun and, ro- like, roll up on Tony. That's that's all I'm saying. Right. I, I just I don't know that the writers. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Artie's next stop is to go. Uh, he turns to the church and he goes to see Father Fuckboy Phil, and um, Father Phil tries to like talk him into like, you know. God. Uh, yeah, tries to talk him into God. Uh, and he talks about that Artie had sort of turned away from the church and Artie's like basically like a lapsed Catholic. Um, very stereotypical. Um, nothing too exciting in that scene, I don't think. No, I, I mean, I Do you guys you know, he, have much he, to talk about there. No. Yeah, he, he tells um, he tells him to bring uh, Charmaine up to speed on his issues and what's going on. Right. Um you know, which I think, you know, which I think Artie just accepts that advice and doesn't act on it. You know, I, I think, mm-hmm. I think that's what makes Artie such a good character is that he's able to receive that advice. And then the next scene that we have is, you know, is I guess with Adriana interviewing for a job there. The dream. Uh, right. And, you know, and, and, and Charmaine is pleased with everything and, and, you know, Artie assesses Charmaine to be happy and, and satisfied and at peace. And so he's like, well, fuck it. I'm not going to rock the boat here. I'm just going to, you know, everything's going along fine. I've got the restaurant back. I've got a, you know, we're going to be okay. So. uh, Blessing in disguise. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And you're, and this is when Charlene does mention the, the Portuguese, uh, the Portuguese exterminators and says that the Portuguese are sticklers, which, okay. Uh, uh, learn something new every day, baby. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't listened to the podcast episode one and the episode they did, that's the Joe Biden podcast where it's, they're all playing <laughs> Joe Biden's and Joe Biden keeps talking about uh, my Portuguese friend that I got mm-hmm. in a fight with or whatever. Uh, it just reminded me of that. Uh, check out that episode. That's maybe the best episode of episode one, uh-huh. uh, the Joe Biden one. Highly recommend. Anyway, uh, so next um, for for Artie, uh, Artie sees um, Father Phil again, basically just to tell him, like, fuck off. Um, or no, that's at the end of the episode, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the next time we see Artie. You know, he's... Yeah. He's at peace. Everything, everybody's cool. We're all done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I don't need no God. Yep. So uh, then. All right. Yeah. I guess we'll save the last Artie scene for when we get through the Tony story. Sure. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Um, so yeah. So let's go back to uh, Tony. Um, I think the next, oh, the next thing that we have with Tony after the Melfi 
the psychiatry appointment is is sit down with the FBI, at least in my notes. Mm, yeah. um, and the FBI, Agent Harris and uh, uh, the senior agent, and uh, the, I can't remember the Grasso. name of the, the Italian, Grasso, thank you. Uh, Agent Grasso, who uh, breaks the bowl, um, they sit Tony down and play him. They, the FBI has wired Green Grove for sound, uh, and they have all these recordings of uh, Olivia and Junior uh, basically talking about killing Tony uh, in no uncertain terms. And then Rachel. the Kill Bill sirens start going off in Tony's head. I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're like, hey, we'll, we'll set you up with a new life. We'll, you know, they've got it out for you. Tony is just like, go fuck yourselves. This was a moment I respected Tony. He keeps telling the FBI, fuck off, and I am yeah. glad. Why is he taking this appointment anyway? Well, didn't I don't know. Maybe. Him? I don't remember. Uh, well, I think they. Uh, I I can see Tony being in that position where they're they've just killed Jimmy Altieri, who they think is a rat. They've there've been indictments coming down, and the FBI says, "Look, we just want you to come in and listen to something and hear this pitch." And it's a, it's, it's an opportunity for Tony to get a little intel and see maybe what the FBI has and what the FBI knows. Plus, Tony just like. Or maybe they tell him that it has to do with the the attempt on his life, you know. Uh, and I think it would yeah. be helpful for Tony. The way he sees it, it's a it's a it's a win win. He's not going to accept their fucking offer anyway. Uh, the the best they can do is tip their hand or something, give something away that can help him. Mm -hmm. uh, and the worst that can happen is nothing. So I think if you yeah. game it out, it's a it's a good deal for him. Sure. Yeah, but I mean, like, I, I you know. I can't imagine just agreeing to go to a safe house for the FBI, like alone, you know, like, yeah. And let that be a lesson for you, uh, dear listener. Do not go to an FBI safe house. Do not volunteer. Yeah. You talk to the police. Uh, Tony got lucky results. Not typical. Uh, right. I can do this. This is fiction. Yes. Uh, yeah. Don't talk to the fucking cops. Um, Let's take Livia's advice. Yeah. Tell the, <laughs> Tell the cop to shut up. Right. And go fuck himself and fuck his mother. Yep. Um, so I think next is, uh, where's the meeting with the... Okay. So I think next is Tony talking to... Yeah, next is Tony talking to Carm about hearing the tapes. And he's clearly insulted by the hit. Uh, that, that that's the best his uncle thought to do. Like just they send two guys to come kill me and make it look like a carjacking. That's all I deserve. Uh, and he, I love this line. Cunnilingus and psychiatry brought us to this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're all showing our notes. Yeah. I... We all have that one written down. Uh, so good. Uh, why so, didn't they call again, this? Why why did they have to call this fucking episode? I dream of Jeannie Cusimano. Why wasn't it Cunnilingus and psychiatry? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, maybe that's the episode of uh, that's the name of our episode. Yeah, episode. that's right. Maybe that's the episode or the new name for our podcast. HBO, we're about to show you how it's done. <laughs> that's right. Uh, God damn it. Okay. 
but yeah, you, again, you have to love in, in this show, eating pussy makes it such a big part of this show. It's a central plot point to this show. Yeah. Which, that, this terrible secret that Uncle Junior eats pussy. Yeah. For more pussy-eating content, please subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> Rachel oh is going God. to give lessons, I think. Something well. I, I sure as shit I'm not. <laughs> 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 I don't know if I would say I'm going to give lessons. <laughs> I'll talk about it. Um, you know, we save the lessons for our OnlyFans. That's right. Um, so next, I think we see uh, a bit of a, uh, of a montage of the Soprano crew cleaning house. We see Tony, uh, he goes to shoot somebody on a boat and he has a, a gun and a giant fish. Yeah, it's Chucky. Yeah, because because um, they've declared war now. I mean, this yeah, uh, right. This is all out war. Uh, Paulie's convinced that uh, that Uncle Junior is going to strike, you know, try to finish what he started. So they're just making people disappear. So they kill Chucky, throw him uh, off the side of a boat with a uh, couple uh, cinder blocks, and then Tony goes back to Melfi, uh, and he's sitting out there waiting for her to come out. She comes out, she completely understandably freaks the fuck out and closes the door and is like, no, 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 no. Um, she calls, she doesn't dial 9-1, which is what you should do. She dials 911 uh, and then hangs up on 911. <laughs> That's not how that works. If you do that, the cops are coming. Yeah. Um, they're going to send the cops to you. Um, Cause she never says like, Oh, never mind, I'm good. Right. Or whatever. She just dials nine one one and then hangs up. Uh and they will come. Uh well maybe not in the middle of Corona. The cops are uh uh reassessing their priorities uh, as they fucking I, should. I um, will let me let me interject and uh give our dear listener a uh actually a piece of advice otherwise. If you find yourself uh, in a an abusive situation, an abusive relationship. Um, it actually is a good idea to dial nine one one if you feel like you are about to be uh, harmed, because uh, yes, nine one one they they will record all calls that come to you, and so if you think that uh, an attack is imminent, it's best to get them on the line so that they can figure out what the fuck is going on. And send the uh, officer over there, but um, but otherwise, don't fuck around with nine one one. Less conversations yeah, uh, you can have with the police, the better. Yeah, and, and my point is just if you don't want the cops to come, you need to tell them not to come. You can't just yes. hang up the phone and then expect that they're not going to come. Um, so she makes Tony promise that he's not going to hurt her, uh, but she still goes ahead and she takes like a big office scissors and hides them in her sleeve. Uh, that's pretty sharp. Oh, no pun intended on that. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> yeah, that just happened. Nice. Um, so now we, we learn about the title of the episode. Uh, Tony's talking about, she asks Tony if he's had any dreams lately, and he talks about he's f- fucking Gene Cusimano doggy style, and her big ass is looking at me. <laughs> and I wrote down Melfi's comment, which is, it's interesting you should say her big ass because Jean is actually quite slender, uh, which is mm-hmm. weird to say, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then Tony's like, no, 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 fuck all that. Look, we've got more important stuff to talk about. You were right. My mom's trying to have me killed uh, and my uncle and uh, shit's going crazy. You need to go hide. Uh, and she does not take that news well at all. But to her credit, she uh, she obliges. She does, yeah. Uh, and uh, she goes and, and hides. Um, we go on vacation! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, we hear that later. Uh, Rachel, did you have any thoughts on this scene with, uh, with Dr. Melfi? No. You don't need to. Okay. I thought the Melfi scenes were very boring. They were very plot moving yeah. forward yeah. scenes, uh, advance the plot, and and more of just like, oh, maybe Dr. Melfi's a good psychiatrist because she was right about this all the time, even though she violates ethical r- rules all the time. Um, mm-hmm. So we've got the Sunday dinner. Uh, so uncomfortable. Livy- yeah, Livia's at the dinner. Um, <laughs> the one thing great, I took great notes. Apparently, the one thing that I wrote down about this is uh, Livia talks about she's trying to talk about Saint Lu- San Luis Obispo, uh, but she calls it Saint Louis Obispo uh, mm-hmm. instead of San Luis Obispo. Anyway, the, um, that's funny. I noticed a couple other little uh, what are they called? What is it called? Spoonerisms. Yeah, spoonerism? yeah, yeah. I no, is it? I don't know. I don't know. Um, no, spoonerism would be like if you switch Rachel Reiselquist. Yeah. 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 Uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. But I noticed a couple other ones, uh, which I always love. They love to slip those in, and it makes me, you know, I like it because it reminds you how dumb they are. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's what I talked about. So, so bringing it back to wrapping up the first season, one of the things I talked about in our intro episode was that the show goes out of its way to tell you that these guys are dumb. And that's one of the things that it does, is have yeah. them like get, get phrases and, and common sayings incorrect and, and mispronunciations and all this kind of stuff. Names. Um, not that it's, yeah, not that it's necessarily dumb to do that, but by the show going out of its way to, to tell you that, um, is, is it saying that these are, uh, these are not the sharpest tools in the shed yeah. or in the therapist's sleeve. Um, ben, did you have thoughts about Sunday dinner? Uh, uh, this is after Tony knows what's up with the uh, recording, but he asks oh, Uncle Junior at the it table. Cut out on me. Sorry. So he says, uh, okay, so uh, this is after Tony has gone to meet with the FBI. So he knows what the FBI has. Yeah. And so he, he sort of taunts Junior, I think. And he says, so how's the thing going? And uh, and Junior goes, hey, on and on it goes, you know. But I I, I thought that was a I thought that was a clever taunt from Tony because uh, you know, Tony knew what's up, and Junior right. didn't. Yeah, that's a good call for sure. So our next scene with Tony is I think uh, are they in the back of the pork store or the back of the Bada Bing? He meets with it's the back of the Bing. Yeah. Um, Tony's in the back of the Bada Bing, and he meets with his capos, and sits down and tells them. I'm seeing a psychiatrist. This is a, <laughs> this is such a good little moment. They're being vulnerable with each other. They're building trust. They're leaning into community. Uh, he had some issues with women to deal with. Yeah. Uh, I think Chris seems to take it the hardest. Um, and he asks Tony, what is this like marriage counseling or something? Uh, and Tony says, yes. And he kind of, kind of nods. 
And then and that's not good enough. And he gets up and walks away from the table. Um, it's bugging him. Part of me wonders if Chris is so bothered by it because he remembers what a jerk he was about therapy and mental illness a couple of episodes ago. And he's like, oh, I insulted my fucking boss and uncle. I think that's a good point. I think it's also maybe like, like Tony's kind of his hero. Um, and he looks up to Tony and it's, you know, seeing the cracks in his armor are, are maybe disappointing for him and realizing that like, maybe Tony isn't, I mean, again, not that there's anything wrong with dealing with depression, anxiety. I'm disappointed in Chris. It is. Right. I'm disappointed in you, Chris, because you were fucking mean and you should apologize and say that you hope that, like, I don't know. It's just shitty. Well, I mean, also, just remember the previous episode, uh, you know, Syl was like, dude, everybody gets the sads or whatever. Yeah. Syl is a mental health, like, advocate. He is constantly backing that shit. Like, he is, he's defending therapy. He's great. Hold up. Because I got I to gotta hold on for a sec, because I think we had the exact opposite read on yeah. him in the last episode. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, y'all did say that you thought it was shitty of him to dismiss it, but I, I think that he acknowledged it. I think it was a little of both. Like, by our standards now, we would be like, that's dismissive. Like, you don't just say, like, you know, you, you get depression if you're in charge, but like, it also was, I mean, it's more than what anybody else is doing, which is like acknowledging that it depression exists. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Lobo. Well, it, uh, yeah, I think it's, I mean, at least at this point we can all agree that all of those guys appreciate the need for mental health counseling or to at least, mental health maintenance, right? Mm-hmm. In this in the scene right here. So if there's any growth in the episode or in the season, we see it flourish here. Definitely. So now, you know, cat's out of the bag. It's not a secret anymore. End of the first season, like going into next season, we know like there's no more secret therapy. The therapy is out in the open. Mm-hmm. Uh, and next we see Tony. He is he's up. He's in the He's in a very good mood. Why is he in a very good mood? Because our most hated and despised character, fucking Mikey Palmisi, is about to get taken the fuck out. Uh, mm. Let's let's cut to the Mikey Palmisi hit because it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, Mikey is leaving the house to go on a morning jog. He's a huge uh, he's, asshole to his wife. He's a terrible shithead to his wife. He's awful to her. Uh, the last thing he tells her is to go take a Midol. Um, uh, and so he goes on a run. We see, I, I love the show put in this little, it's a, just a little throwaway moment. As he's running to the trail, there's another person walking past him with a dog. And even the dog doesn't like Mikey Palmisi and is like barking and growling at him. He's like, oh, whoa. Um, it's just a little throwaway moment. But it's just yeah. like one last chance for the writers to tell you, don't forget, Mikey is a huge piece of shit. Um, and, and what's that dog's name? Nip. I don't know, Ben. Nip. Nip. Okay. Well, I, that's that's what I took away from that scene. Uh, not, like, <laughs> not that Mikey sucks, but the dog's name is Nip. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, that's a terrible name for a dog. Yep. 
So, Stupid. Anyway, so Mikey's um, out running. No headphones or nothing. Just, you know. Just like that big old chain clanking on as he runs. Yeah. He's got the cell and the beeper. Because uh, yep. he, he yells at his wife, like, if somebody calls me, you know, hit my beeper or whatever. <laughs> uh, and there's a Cadillac slowly stalking him. He keeps looking over his shoulder. Uh, and finally, he's, he, the Cadillac stops the, and the people start to get out. And it is Chris and Polly. Chris and Polly team up on this one. This and is Mikey good. bolts through the woods. Uh, and Chris takes after him. Polly after Chris. Um, <laughs> a great, uh, what will become a great visual gag later in the episode. Polly runs through a bunch of poison ivy. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he's like, I think this is poison ivy. Uh, and then eventually uh, they corner. Um, Mikey when he falls down and uh, and Chris says this is for my friend Brendan Falone you shot him in the bathtub <laughs> and then they just shoot the fuck yeah. out of Mikey Palmisi yeah yeah. while uh, while fucking Polly is like I'm fucking poison ivy all over me yeah. I think it's all over my face so, I love Polly so much this is the like second or third time in the episode that people shoot a gun in, you know, I mean, I guess they're out in the middle of the woods, but they're not that far from civilization because a guy was just walking his dog. Get, get silencers. Just get silencers. What you y'all are fucking well, I, gangsters. You're killing people all the time. Get silencers. I, I will, uh, uh, make the point that a silencer doesn't do as much good as people think it does or as the movies depict it as it doesn't turn your gun into a little pew 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 uh machine it helps a little bit but i feel like any any help is worth it in this case when you're just Mm -hmm. murdering people and you're under investigation from the fbi like maybe it's a little better than nothing Um, it's the so, wildest fucking guns. Yeah. Well. So uh, after so after Mikey gets uh, clipped, uh, it's indictment serving time. Yeah, we uh, see a bunch of cuts of uh, different folks in Junior's crew, and then finally Junior himself getting raided by the FBI and arrested and taken in. So who 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 do we get? We get Uncle Junior, we get Larry Boy, and we get who's the other guy? I don't know. It's I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's somebody. Three people get indicted. Uh, you know, they they got Uncle Junior doing the perp walk. Can you believe it? Um, mm-hmm. uh, I see uh, Tony sitting at the table, like the breakfast table, and he's talking to Carm, and he tells her that. Uh, uh, he's not involved. Um, it was the the stuff that they got Junior on was like a credit card scam and like a stock scam or something like that. Yeah, something um, that they weren't involved with. Yeah, and that Tony wasn't involved with it, so Tony is safe. Um, so then, do we want to cut down? Cut now to to Junior sit down with the FBI as we sort of wrap up the episode, or keep on the Tony. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, we're not even close to wrapping up. We haven't talked at all about Father Phil. No, I know. I I mean, wrapping up the Tony episode. Oh, yeah. The Tony storyline. Yeah, I mean, might as well get to Uncle Junior. Uh, Also, 
Uh, here is a, another piece of advice for your uh, you, uh, our criminal uh, listenership. Uh, when you are being interviewed by the police, uh, you actually have to invoke your Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. Uh, or uh, to a lawyer, rather, uh, your Miranda warning. You have to actually say, uh, I'm invoking my right to remain silent and I will not talk to you without the presence of a lawyer. You actually have to right. do it. Apparently, you have to say those words. Apparently, yeah, you actually have to say it. You can't just shut up and just chill because the fucking cops will sit there for five hours just asking you fucking questions. It's amazing. And, and don't try to be clever like in the fucking wire and just sit there and go, lawyer, lawyer, lawyer. Because then you're going to have a big old fucking lawsuit about whether or not you invoked your right or not. Huh, just be clear and un- unmistakable about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, there have been, been, you can speak to this better than I can, I think, but there have been so many cases where the court will just give it to the cops of being like, mm-hmm. yeah, he was saying the word lawyer or whatever over and over again, but that's not a clear invocation of his right. Here's, or... here's my favorite one. So this guy is being interrogated for like uh, some shitty, it's a bad crime. And like, I'm glad this guy got punished, but not in this yeah, way. So, so, this, so this guy was like, uh, you know, being interrogated on a charge of like uh, using a, a communications device to, to like solicit sex with a child or something like that. Like fucked up bad crime. Uh, so the cops are like questioning him and they lay out, they're like, here's what we think you did. We think you texted this kid and you were going to go over and have sex with him. And here's what the guy said. The suspect said, he said, man, if y'all think that's what really happened, then I'm going to need a lawyer dog because that's not what happened. And the court said, that is not a sufficient invocation of your right to counsel and your right to remain silent because we don't know what a lawyer dog is. Yeah. Yeah. That one's really bad or, or shit where it's like, I think I need a lawyer or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh here's a God. fucking, yeah. Oh yeah. Here's a fucking hint. If you're sitting in a police station, you need a fucking lawyer yeah. dog. Um, and just yeah. say, uh, I, I want my lawyer and I'm asserting my right to remain silent. And then shut the fuck up. Oh shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Uh, uh, yeah. Fuck. So. so, yeah, basically Miranda is like not, not easy to invoke. Right. Protections it is, are. I mean, it is easy, but narrow. Yeah. And, and God, it, it sucks so bad, but you gotta, you gotta know your rights. So that's what we're here to do for you. We're here to talk to you about the Sopranos and tell you uh, not to talk to the fucking police. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, but Junior is sitting down um, with the FBI uh, and they want uh, Junior to flip on Tony and give Tony up and say that Tony was really running things. Uh, and they said, this is what we want. And Junior says, yeah, well, I want to fuck Angie Dickinson. Which Who is Angie is- Dickinson? Oh, Angie Ben. Dickinson. Oh, my God. Angie Dickinson, was a, she was a model, right? She was, like, I one mean, of the first supermodels. Now, she is still alive, isn't she? Yeah. Um, <laughs> wasn't she on, like, a VH1 show for a while? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I think that's I knew how her from I some, know like, of her. reality show. Yeah. She was definitely on some terrible reality show. 
I'm looking it up. Don't worry. Uh, I'm looking it up too. Yeah, I have no idea who this O is, uh, but hopefully Junior fucks her. Um, But anyway, yeah. So Junior, you've got a very expensive lawyer. (laughs) Ask for him. I'm sure the lawyer's on the way. I can't imagine that the lawyer's not on the way. But still, uh, shut the fuck up until the lawyer gets there. Now, we don't see um, Junior say anything that would incriminate him, but you never fucking know, and the cops can twist that shit, uh, and, uh, and they can play all sorts of mind games. The cops can and will lie to you. Uh, that is legal. So just shut the fuck up and ask for your lawyer and say that you're going to shut the fuck up and sit there. And also... They're fucking trained to do this. They sit seminars yes. on how to fuck with you. Like, like they know how to do it. They will do yeah. it. Like, you're yeah. smart. If, you, you've picked our, our uh, podcast to listen to. Obviously, you are a, a brain genius and one of the smartest people in the world uh, for having picked our podcast to listen to. But uh, I, you have not studied how to be interrogated. Right. Uh, some of you um, have probably watched The Wire. Shout out to HBO. Uh, there's a fa- there's a scene. The cops are fucking with the suspect, and they tell him they've got him hooked up to a lie detector machine, and it's a copy machine that they have the word. They have big pages with lie, lie, truth on it, and they run it through the copy machine. Uh, they ask him a question. They run it through the copy machine, and then they show it to him. Oh, you're lying. Um, and that is a real thing that actually the police did, and the courts upheld as okay. So, like, just as an example of the ridiculous shit that cops will do to fuck with you and trick you. Um, yeah, don't trust the cops. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just really quick, we were thinking of Janice Dickinson. Andy oh, Dickinson shit. was an actress. <laughs> but, man, do I wish it had been Janice Dickinson that well, said. Well, <laughs> okay, so how ridiculous do I feel that I didn't know who Angie Dickinson is? Right, okay. Still not ridiculous. Okay. Rachel and I both thought it was the same person. Yeah. That's weird. What, what reality show is Janice Dickinson on? Oh, God. I figured it, out. All right. It doesn't matter. No, it, it really out. does matter to me. <laughs> um, well, she was, on a, she was a judge on America's Next Top Model, of course. And then... She had a, she had a show just about her, her modeling agency. Was it The Surreal Life? Modeling. The Surreal uh, Life. Oh, Gosh. yeah. Remember that show? That whole, that whole like, VH1 had all those weird, like, intro videos where they'd spin off the spinoffs of the spinoffs. Yeah. Like, Flavor of Love was, Flavor of Love spinoff was a spinoff <gasps> of that, of The Surreal Life. Yes. And then I Love New York was a spinoff of, of The Flavor, Flavor of Love, Love show. And I watched all of these shows, by the way. Yeah, uh, I did too. <laughs> Okay, none um, of that matters. But man, it would be to, hilarious. Shout out to uh, Flava Flav for getting kicked out of Public Enemy. He got fired from Public Enemy yeah. recently because uh, he wouldn't support Bernie. Yeah. Uh, and then Public uh, Enemy the, saying it was a joke so, to promote their new album. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, I didn't see that. Uh, shout out to Chuck D, greatest MC of all time. Uh, hit me up in the comments. Uh, go fuck yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah, Chuck the listener of the show. Uh, all right, and the so, greatest MC of all time. So, uh, so, so Junior doesn't yeah, actually so, say anything to the police. Uh, their their angle is, 
you know, they're setting something up for, I'm presuming the next couple seasons where they want Tony to be, uh, you know, they want Junior to say that Tony's actually the boss and they're actually saying, right. Um, you know, we want who Johnny Sacrimony. Yeah. Uh, they're trying to get in? to the five family, yeah. one of the five families. Okay. Yeah. So they're, they're so they're setting up future storylines here. So that's a good, good call. As we know, the Sopranos got renewed for a second season. So, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Junior says my nephew running things, not in this life. Mm-hmm. So then That's we end right. up. He's, do you think he's doing that because he's not going to snitch? Or do you think he's doing that because he's prideful and he doesn't actually want to believe that that's the case? Definitely both. Uh, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a little column A, a little column B. Yeah. For sure. For sure. He's not going to, like, say what you want about Junior. I don't think he's ever going to break his oath. Mm-hmm. Um, I will also, say what I want. Well, uh, as is your right. Hello, pussy. Mm-hmm. He does. He does. Uh, uh, and uh, so, all right. So next, with the Tony storyline, uh, Tony goes uh, to the nursing home uh, just to. Uh, oh, and when he gets there, he finds out that Livia's had a stroke, um, uh, and uh, Tony, as he's walking through the hall, all very. Uh, intimidatingly like hitting the pillow and like fluffing it up to smother his mother. Yeah. Um, Again, not subtle. If I had, if, if any person had seen that happening, they would have gone to like tell someone immediately. <laughs> yeah. And also shout out uh, to the, to the hospital uh, bureaucrat who's like, Oh, Mr. Soprano. Like, yeah. how do you know I'm Mr. Soprano bitch? Like, <laughs> but we're all over the news all the time. Oh, oh, that's right. Good point. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah she she says that, something. She's like, not yeah. that it's any of my business or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> good point. Good point. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I get a little, yeah. A little, uh, You're good. Here. You're looking for that brain poison. Uh-huh. Um, so then Tony gets into it with the, uh, the EMTs. He calls one of the EMTs, George Clooney, uh, <laughs> very funny ER reference. Uh, and then, so Gandolfini in this scene has the crazy eyes turned all the way up to 10. Mm-hmm. Like he looks unhinged. Uh, mm-hmm. Shouts out to Gandolfini. Tr- truly a fucking amazing performance in this scene. Um, and he's just screaming like, she's laughing. She's laughing. R.I.P. Um, I can't. Uh, can't wait for him to be on the pod. Yep. Uh, for <laughs> our, uh, Patreon interview. Yeah. Come on, the, yeah, uh, we will uh, interview James Gandolfini's ghost on the Patreon. Uh, no, no, we, we actually got sure. him. It's cool. Anyway. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm committing to the bit, baby. Gotcha. So then uh, next, Tony <laughs> goes to see... Tony goes to see Dr. Melfi. Uh, Melfi's office is empty, and the guy cleaning the carpet tells her that, tells him that she's on vacation. Uh and then She's on vacation. Will, will, <laughs> thank you, Ben. Uh, and then we'll leave the scene as a capper. But I want to go ahead. We got to talk about Carm and Father Phil. We have to. Um, so after Carm see and has the lunch with Jack, uh, with Rosalie, uh, she then goes to the church to see him and sees them sitting in his office 
and she's brought uh, Rosalie has brought him some food and I think are they holding hands in this scene or something or they're just like very close and intimate and yeah, he keeps talking about how good her cooking is yeah I, I don't know I don't remember if they were holding hands it doesn't matter because they were clearly yeah. and that fucking maniac is biting down so hard on that fork and raking his stupid teeth across <laughs> that metal it drove me insane fuck you people if you do that god Oh, fuck. Okay. So, Ben, are you all right, bud? Dude, that is that is such a huge pet peeve of mine. And, like, this is, this is, like, the worst. Like, it was the loudest clang crunch of, like, any fork I've ever heard. Yeah, the Foley guys were really working overtime. Yeah. To get that <laughs> clanky, clanky, tooth on fork sound going. Oh, fuck. It's so awful. <laughs> well, and... Uh, and- Carm has brought a dish, a huge dish of uh, ziti or something like that. Hmm. Um, and she sees this and she's like, jealous. And she walks outside. And what does she do with all of that food? She gives it to somebody in need. No. <laughs> oh, no. She throws it all away like a fucking wasteful bitch. I, that made me so mad. I was like, somebody is starving. And that was good, too. Everyone talks about... Oh, sorry. It cut out on me again. Um, uh, yeah, I bet it was good, too. Everyone talks about how good Carmela's cooking is. Yeah. Oh, my God. Carmela. Whatever. So, Carmela's pissed. She She is... I don't know. She's She's noticing some things about father phil i think and yeah. towards the end of the episode we get this was my favorite this might be one of my favorite scenes of the whole season okay. um the when when karma is in the kitchen and father phil is there or you know yeah father phil so, and karma in the kitchen right so Dad father gave phil me brain blowing. this is this is it what? when he's like okay. When she's like, how did you get in? Oh, and yeah, like, that was <laughs> bizarre. That's oh, right, the he's maid, there. Yeah, the maid let me in, and I'm just hanging out, waiting on you. Yeah, like yeah. a little boy come home from school, waiting for his mom. I mean, he's so fucking weird. And they, Carmela is, like, annoyed and also, like, trying to be nice or whatever. And she reads his ass. Oh, my God. I wrote a lot of this down. Well, first of all, something you should know about Carmela Soprano is that she's not a very big Renee Zellweger fan. (laughs) Uh, I wrote that down. uh, Same. I'm also not a big Renee Zellweger fan. I'm not either. Uh, Carm has great taste. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, Father Phil does not because he brings a Renee Zellweger film. And Carmela's like, well, first of all, you know I don't like her. And second of all, uh, I think that you're a fucking pervert who likes a spirit. She says, she calls him, I wrote a lot of this down. She says that he enjoys the whiff of sexuality without actually mm-hmm. anything actually happening. And he likes to manipulate spiritually thirsty women. 
And she <laughs> mentions the food. She's like, there's something with food here. Oh my God, yeah. she reads with his food ass and so tension. good. Mm-hmm. Oh God, that, Carmilla. Yeah, that dialogue him. was that dialogue was almost too perfect. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it was so good. It and is- well, it's it's it, to give the I'll I'll give the writers a little bit more credit and say that the way I saw it is this has been ever since she saw them sitting together with the food. This conversation has been yeah. playing in her head. This is like a shower argument that she's been having with herself and like. She knows exactly what she's going to say when the time comes. Yeah, like how many steaks you want me to want? Like unload with both <laughs> like, barrels. I'm not. I'm not going to cook anything fresh for you. I'm going to unfreeze some steaks. Yeah. It's called thigh. She says unfreeze. Defrost. She says defrost. Okay. Um, <laughs> you like to come here and watch movies. On my husband's entertainment center. Entertainment center and eat his steaks and she's like uh, your fucking child who has a weird sexual thing for women who are married and make you food. And so uh as if to cement fully his fuckboy status, what is Father Phil's response to all of this? A Keanu Reeves level whoa. (laughs) Mia culpa. Mia culpa. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he is sure yeah. to take his Renee Zellweger film yeah. with him to Rosalie's house <laughs> probably mm-hmm. uh, but yeah she fucking gets in his ass uh, and that's, so yeah, bad that's a- because because the the <laughs> The whole episode, Father Phil just became more and more unlikable to me. And it felt like it it was just like I guess because you're 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 seeing it from Carm's point of view because you're like, you feel a little hurt for Carmela as well. Um, you know there was like a thing between them, and now she's seeing like, oh, this is just his like weird thing. Um right. So I I really am glad that she read his act. He is a priest. Yeah. He he is a priest. And so, like, if I were in her shoes, I'd be like, oh, surely he's not this way with every fucking body. Right. Um, surely no, this is a good person who cares I, about me as an individual. I think I think Carm's uh Carm was trying to cuck God. I had to unwrap that one for a second. Oh okay. God. Uh, Mm -hmm. yeah so so that's that's that storyline um any other uh loose ends before we turn to the sort of final scene here no no i'm ready to i'm ready to empty the chamber on this last scene (laughs) let's cap it off um all right so finally um, the whole family, Tony and uh, and Carm and Meadow and AJ, they're all riding in the Suburban, uh, and there's a big storm. They're trying to go to eat somewhere, and there's a, a, a branch has fallen, and the road is blocked, and so they don't know where they're going to go. Meadow's like, let's just go to McDonald's. Um, and then they end up at Vesuvio's, uh, and um, uh, 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 they don't have electricity. Uh, Artie is uh, just about, Artie tells him he's about to, uh, you know, close up for the night. 
Um, and then uh, he finally relents and lets them in. And we see uh, Chris and Adriana are there sitting at so the bar, uh, having like, they're all like cooing all over each other. Yeah. Uh, and we see Syl and Polly having a dinner. Polly, great visual gag. <laughs> yeah. Polly is covered in like lotion, um, complaining, and, and they're talking about suit. those. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, and, and, I, and I like the idea of those two guys having like a nice candlelit yeah. Italian dinner together. Yeah, and Polly, Polly asks Syl, uh, you know, Tony C, the psychiatrist, how's that sit with your ass? And hmm. Syl, this is this is good. Syl goes. Well, I usually sit with my ass, and I suggest you sit with yours. Yeah. Syl is basically like, you're talking about our new boss. Mm -hmm. We're going to be supportive of him. We deserve like this or whatever, which we love. Uh, Yeah. And so the the electricity's out. It's just the whole restaurant's lit by candlelight. Uh, Artie's cooking on the gas stove by candlelight. He brings the food out. Tony tells everybody or his family sitting at the table, like, remember these times. These are the good times. Uh, and uh, that is the the end of the episode. Wait, we wait, end wait, season wait. one. Oh, oh, go, Rachel. Well, you already started to close out the episode. He said, no, no, go. He says this, because this struck me. He says, the, right. this is what you remember. This is what you remember, the little moments that were good. Mm-hmm. And I love that, because he's not saying the good times, because the times are pretty fucking bad right now. Like, his mom just tried to have him killed. His, like, uncle and crime uh, cohort is, like, under federal investigation. Meadows' soccer coach just, like, I, there's a lot, like, the times are bad. But this is like a sweet moment they're sharing together. Like it, it's it's it like made me almost cry a little bit because it made me think about my little moments that were good with my family, even when things might have been bad. I really liked it. I thought it was a really yeah. graceful ending to the episode in the season. And had that same uh, reaction of like it does make you think of like those little moments. Like I thought of like when I was a kid or whatever, and like yeah. we would have like had like a nice family dinner or, or something like that, a, a little moment with my family. And it's, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's, that's what the show's about. The show is about the family. La familia. Uh, and so blackout roll credits into season one. Tony is the fucking boss now. Whoop, whoop. And that's where we will pick up on season two. Wow. We did it. We did it. We did the whole first season. Now we have to do our segments. All right. So who's um, horniest? Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy's horniest for big tits and little feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to go with, um, with uh, the Dominican ass. I think he's horniest oh. when... Mm-hmm. Uh, Meadow is definitely not horny. She wants to watch her programs. Yeah. Um, That's something that gets uh, funnier in in later seasons. We'll see. Like, they use, like, public domain type movies. So instead of having Tony, like, watch The Godfather all the time, he's always watching, like, Public Enemy Number One or, like, some old, like, silent motion picture. That's funny. Um, Anyway. Um... But yeah, okay, so we, uh, I think, uh, 
yeah, either the Dominican ass or uh, or Jimmy definitely uh, mm-hmm. are horny this week. Uh, what did you guys? What did you, I can't even do this, man. What did you want in your mouth? Oh my god, um, I wanted that really fantastic uh, dinner at the that uh, the Tony got at the end of Vesuvio. Yeah, yeah, I wanted that. What about Rachel, you? What did you? Rachel, wanted, what did you want to hear? I wanted whatever that alcohol was that Father Phil and Carmelo were drinking out of those little tiny <laughs> crystal glasses. Mm-hmm. I wanted uh, Carmelo's trash pasta. Yeah, that I bet. Good. Yeah, and I bet she made it special for Father Phil. Mm-hmm. Uh, her uh, and and I was sad to see it go to waste. Yeah, put a little love in it, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. That voodoo in it. Um, so, uh, who do we stand this week? Uh, ben, who do you stand? Uh, this week, I'm standing Artie. Artie, uh, there's no other choice. Artie did yeah. the, um, you know, he had a, he had a lot of ups and downs, but he ultimately realized that, you know, that he has, he has everything that he wants right now, and. He uh, is thankful for it. So shout out to Artie. John, I can tell from your reaction that you were going to stand Artie. I, I was. Uh, who who did you choose to stand this week, Rachel? Carmela, baby. She, and that is quite a testament to you, John, because I know you love Carmela. And I, I just like, when she told father phil what was up i felt like personally vindicated for like I, it felt like me telling off like shitty men in my life i mm-hmm. loved it so much and i'm so proud of her she's so smart she's so it like she is so intuitive and ugh, i'm bless you carm who did you say no, those are those are unquestionably the two best choices. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, 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 it's fine. I wanted to give you all the opportunity. Uh, so I will pick a, a dark horse candidate. Uh, I, I'm standing Polly this week. Okay. Um, Polly, he got he he got uh, he got real with the guys and told them that he had to see a therapist because he had issues with women. Clearly, um, but it's good of him to to admit it. Um, in the in one of the scenes, he has this crazy uh, purple Cosby sweater on that was great. Oh, yeah. um, and then just the the humor that he brings uh, in the in the hit scene, mm. um, uh, <laughs> like the 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 physical comedy of him running through the bush and then scratching all over himself, and then later the gag of him being covered in the calamine or whatever in the lotion uh, and sitting at the nice dinner. Uh, very funny. Um, so I will stand uh, the boy. And, and I know, I know it's not fair because you had to pick the third best, so to speak. But um, he did have some pretty egregious chauvinism and misogyny in this episode. Because he was displeased with the fact that Tony was seeing. Did he? I didn't remember that. Well, we're. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lady psychiatrist. That's the part that he yeah. can't get over. But he does admit that he has problems with women. So, you know. Which, what do you think that means for Polly? Because they <laughs> all have issues with women, by the way. 
but do you think that for Polly that just means like he couldn't get dates for a while? Like, I don't know. <laughs> hey, look, Sil, I don't want to go there. <laughs> that's yeah. really good, Ben. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I- I'm not going to weigh in because we do learn some things about Polly later in the season that I think uh, touch on some of his issues with women. Uh, I'll say that, like most Italian men, I think that he has some mommy issues. Um, oh. Can't uh, wait. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so now it is time for the dialectic. Uh, every week we do the dialectic where we pick a thesis, something that we liked from the episode, an anti-thesis, something that we didn't like from the episode, and a synthesis something that we love from the episode. That's not really how dialectics works. And as always, I encourage you to read up on dialectics. Um, but uh, for our purposes, this is fun. So uh, Rachel, uh, do you want to do your I dialectic? You go first. I don't want to go first because I have okay. to think of what mine is. All right, fine, I'll go first. Um, okay, so something that I liked in this episode Um, just a little simple thing that I really appreciated was in the final scene, Meadow is wearing butterfly clips. Um, (laughs) and boy, oh boy, did I have a lot of those. And I believe I have a school picture where I'm wearing butterfly clips and I will see if I can find it. Um, so I like that little cute reminder, little nostalgia, only nineties kids remember. Um, but I, I, so, okay, y'all are gonna, uh, not like me for this. I did not like Artie in this episode. Um, I think, Uh. I think he is a good, like, narrative device because, again, I think he's a foil to Tony, uh, or I don't know if foil is the right word, but, like, he, he... He's the everyman. Yeah, well, his goodness, his purity, his innocence is supposed to, to you know, be juxtaposed with Tony's, like, you know, criminality or whatever. Um, but, like, I don't know. I don't think he's, like, that rich of a character, and I think, like, I know, like, when I see Artie doing stuff, I know it's just to advance other plot lines along. That's typically what he does. So, I don't know. I just didn't, like, uh, Art, the character of Artie doesn't speak to me really, but I I do really like Charmaine, and so I'm glad she's in there. Anyway, I don't know. I, um, I can agree with that. Okay, I, like the extent that he's not, there's not enough characterization of him beyond like the bland, you know, legal guy or whatever, you know, the straight guy. I agree with you. Oh well, thanks. <laughs> um, wow, I thought I was going to get canceled. <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, and I would agree with both of you. I, I think it is. Uh, we haven't gotten to see a lot of Artie, at least in this first season, as he's fleshed out. Uh, he's not quite as fleshed out as he will become. Um, but um, yeah, so I won't say any more about it. But I will say that, like, the season does is doing a lot of work to set up the other characters. Um, and so we will get to see more of Artie in the future um, and hopefully uh, uh, some positive development in his characterization. Nice. Well, I'm excited for that. Um, 
the what I loved about this episode were was that I think it was really well written. There are a lot of really good lines, like just one off lines. I have like three or four different things that I wrote down line like word for word that I thought were good. Um and I think, you know, it's got a lot of action. It's really well paced. Um so like good job. I would say the quality and the writing. That was my synthesis. Ben, what about you? I liked, um, I mean, not like I'm signing off on anything that Tony Soprano does, but I I liked the, uh, the, the fluctuation, to say the least, of the uh, interactions that he had with Dr. Melfi. Like, you know, it, it started off horrifying, right? You know, the, completely you know unable to uh have a mature conversation and explore the depths of what's going on with him but ultimately he recognizes that this is somebody who's been good to him uh and that he he recognizes that her life is in in danger and he you know directs her to leave um and so you know uh, like most of the men in this episode i understand why they do what they do (laughs) And I don't like what necessarily how they do it, but um, I, I do appreciate that, you know, that, that Tony, uh, you know, warns Melfi in the way that he does later. So um, something that I did not like in this episode uh, was I, I touched on it earlier briefly. I don't know if you heard it, but uh, the fork in <laughs> Dr. in Father Phil's mouth. Uh, can you not? Can all of you not do that, please? That is the most fucking <laughs> annoying thing. Uh, I don't know why that was so pronounced. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but one thing that I, uh, I I did love about this episode was it it didn't seem like it was tying up everything from the season. There are still obvious uh, loose ends, uh, you know, and and the it seems like the season closes with enough questions like where the fuck is pussy uh yeah what the fuck is going on with charmaine why is you know why haven't they why hasn't she and carmela rekindled their relationship what the fuck is going on with livia you know is she she okay is she faking it you know how fucked up is she in the head uh what is what's gonna happen with junior um you know is tony really the boss uh so you know it it did a, a wonderful job of tying up what it needed to tie up mm-hmm. and, you know, and being very deliberate about what it did not tie up to make us want to say, fuck yeah, bring on season two, episode one. Oh, I think that's very good observations there. Um, okay. Hit us, John. So I'll, all right. Uh, my thesis for the week, something that I liked, and this is sort of piggybacking a little bit off of what Rachel said in terms of the writing, but more specifically, there are a few really good, just throwaway jokes in this episode that not necessarily to the fuck that like Polly's uh, poison ivy stuff, that's more of a setup joke, but there's like AJ jerking off, it's a great little like throwaway joke. Yeah. Um, the dog <laughs> barking at Mikey Palmisi is a great just little throwaway joke. And then we didn't even talk about this one, but there's a line where Chris says that he calls in a bomb scare to Jimmy's wake. Uh, which I think is another. 
Yeah. Great. Just a little throwaway joke. Like you don't see that. Like it doesn't play into the episode at all. Um, but that's oh, yeah, just and- like, it's a heavy episode and to just like lighten the mood up just by peppering these little throwaways in is, is was really good. And really yeah. Well and our, and our, and our fail son, AJ, uh, in the kitchen at this nice Italian restaurant looking for peanut butter. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, something that I did not like fr- from this episode, uh, I did not like, uh, and we talked about this a little bit, but there's a lot not to like in Melfi this week. Mm. Um, from her diagnosing Livia um, mm-hmm. to um, her sort of like saying like, I told you so when Tony comes back. Um, uh, I think she says like, I hate to say I told you so, but which is basically, you know, I told you. Yeah. Um, she's not being a very good and supportive mm-hmm. there, I think, in this episode. And when Tony tells her like, you need to go hide, like I'm clearly like I'm trying to look out for you here. Her reaction is like, that's not fair. Um, which who gives a fuck about fair? Like he didn't have to do this at all. Like yeah. he could have just left you out there in the wind. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but uh, again, like to be fair to her, to a certain extent, uh, Tony did freak the fuck out in her and scare the shit out of her. But also, she crosses a couple boundaries here and a couple of lines which are unprofessional. Yeah. Um, and on that. What I loved this week, and I mentioned it a little bit already, but Gandolfini turns in an amazing fucking performance in this episode. He's asked to show a lot of emotion. Um, you can contrast the two Melfi scenes. The first one where it's just unbridled rage, and then the second one where he has to come and be like apologetic and uh, and show like genuine concern. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> well, he is horny, right? He's- he is horny for Jeannie Cusimano a little bit. Uh, and her big ass. Or actually, <laughs> she's quite slender. And I, um, I finish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but then he has to be vulnerable when he's talking to the, the guys about his therapy. He shows a little bit of vulnerability there. And then lastly, and this is the one I mentioned, that smothering scene where he's just like, the crazy eyes are dialed up to 10. He really looks like unleashed and unbridled. Like, it's a great fucking performance. And uh, I don't think it's, we, because the character is so terrible and is such a piece of shit, we rarely often, uh, we rarely often, we rarely talk about Gandolfini's performance. But I think yeah. in this one, he is teaching a fucking masterclass on, on, uh, on his range and and the different uh, what he can uh, what he can embody as an actor. Um, oh yeah. So, all right, those were all of our segments. This is going to be an exercised episode. I was thinking we talked about maybe doing a separate episode where we wrapped up season one and maybe talked about predictions for season two. I don't know what you guys think about that. I thought we might try to squeeze it into this one, but we're already running long. Yeah. So I like that's that that's idea. A little much. I think we do a little, we, we could do like a shorter, like 30 minute one or, or at least try to. I think uh, if we do that, we should do, like prepare for it and like each yeah. come up with like four or five things we want to like, maybe three even things that we want to mm-hmm. like talk about from the season and then like be ready. Yeah. I think that's a good, I think that's a good idea. So um, yeah, so look out in your feed for, we'll do a preview episode 
next, uh, talking about uh, wrapping up season one and our, our sort of thoughts and reflections on it going into season two. What's the next episode called? Uh, the next episode is going to be the very first episode of season two. And I have Janice Dickinson's Wikipedia page open. Hold on. I had it open. <laughs> and then uh, next is uh, uh, season two, episode one. Guy walks into a psychiatrist's office. Oh, yeah, baby. of the show. Uh, and we're going to start season two. I'm very excited. Uh, we, we've got the characters down. Uh, and we know sort of what's going on. Where's Pussy? Uh, what's going to happen with Uncle Junior? Oh, man, it's going to be great. Um, so uh, any last thoughts that you guys want to wrap up? You guys want to say before we wrap up? I've got one, and I, it's just because we didn't have a Shinka uh, meow, but I think if I'm lucky... Yeah. Oh, I heard it. <laughs> That's little blue. Hey, shout out to Blue, our public shout relations analyst. Yeah. She's our producer baby. Shinka uh was not on the app, unfortunately. Shinka, I miss you so much. And one day we'll be back together soon, hopefully. She's not far, she's licking herself at the moment, but do you think she misses me on Sundays? I'm sure she does. You're like her favorite person. Oh my god. She likes you more than she likes us. I love her so much. Oh dear. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't have anything else to add. Uh, this is a fun time. I enjoyed it. I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, I hope that this, I hope that season one wasn't like the very best and it's all downhill from here or anything. <laughs> but um, but if, if season two can top season one, then I'm excited for it. If not, I'm still excited to find out. Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, thank you all for joining us on our season one adventure. Uh, like Ben said, we've had a lot of fun doing this, and uh, it's only going to get more fun. I'm miserable. Going Rachel, <laughs> we're still recording. You can't say that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm having a time of my life. <laughs> Well, uh, that's a wrap for us. Uh, take your medication. Uh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that's John's line. Fuck off. <laughs> know your place. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Wow. Uh, no, um, <laughs> uh, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, I hope you are all staying uh, safe and healthy out there. Uh, until next week, wash your hands, take your medication. Go to therapy and organize for the revolution. We love you. We love, love you. you. I got a letter from the government the other day. I opened and read it. It said they were suckers. They wanted me for their army or whatever. Picture me giving a damn. I said never. Here is a land that never gave a damn about a brother like me and myself because they never did. I wasn't with it, but just that very minute it occurred to me. The suckers had authority. Cold sweating as I dwell in my cell. How long has it been? They got me sitting in a state pen. I gotta get out, but that thought was thought before. I contemplated a plan on the cell floor. I'm not a fugitive on the run, but a brother like me begun to be another one. Public enemy serving time, they drew the line, y'all. To criticize me for some crime. Nevertheless, they could not understand that I'm a black man and I can never be a veteran. On the strength of situation.
Connections unreal, I got a raw deal. So I'm looking for the steel. Word him up, I'm looking for that steel. Yo, man, we gonna break you out of there, man. We ain't gonna like that, man. Don't you know they got me rotten in the time that I'm serving? Telling you what happened the same time they're throwing. Four of us packed in a cell like slaves. Oh, well, the same motherfucker got us living in his hell. You have to realize what is a form of slavery organized under a swarm of devils. Straight up, word them up on the level. The reasons are several, most of them federal. Here's my plan anyway, and I say I got gusto. But only some I can trust, yo. Some do a bit from one to ten, but I never did. And plus I never been. I'm on a tear with no tears should ever fall. Self-blocked and locked, I never clock it, y'all. Cause time and time again, time they got me serving to those to them. I'm not a citizen, but ever when I catch a CO, sleeping on the job, my plan is on go ahead. I want to stick, but I'ma tell you the deal, I got nothing to lose. Cause I'm going for the steal. Hey, yo, Chuck, we're going to break you out of here, man. Where is your strength, G? I'm going for that steal. Word up, G. They're trying to put black guy in the game by keeping you in there. You know what I'm saying? But they can't keep the good man down. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Just got 